Welcome to Alive. Here's the most recent podcast from our college ministry. Thanks so much for being a part of this family, and we pray that God speaks to you and inspires you in a powerful way. Lord, we just invite you. Holy Spirit, I just pray you would come, that you just breathe new life in this place. God, I just thank you that your promises never fail. That the hope that you've given us, it's everlasting. And I just pray in this time that we would just, just pause on everything that's been going on in our lives and we would just be here with you. God, I just thank you that when you enter the room, when you enter our hearts, there's so much freedom. <laughs> even in a busy season, God, that you can come and you can bring us rest. That you are the source of new life. So Jesus, we just invite you. Have your way tonight. In your beautiful name. faith be like blind Bartimaeus who couldn't see God but could hear him <laughs> he heard that Jesus was passing through he needed a miracle or would our faith be like the woman with the issue of blood who just believed that if she could touch the hem of his garment she'd be made whole I want you all just to imagine in your mind right now just Jesus being here with us right now because he is <laughs> he's in our hearts and he's in this place When you walk into the room, every heart starts burning, and nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. Mm -hmm. 
always coming after me, Lord. You're always running after me. That's for you guys. That's for you. He says, my child, no matter how far you go, no matter where you are, I'm running after you. I'm chasing you down. Doesn't matter how many walls are built or how thick those walls are. coming after you. So Lord, we just give you glory and honor for your love is great and your love is vast and wide and it makes no sense and yet it's for us. So Lord, as you just continue on with this night, would you be with Dan and would you be with the rest of us? May we hear your voice, may we receive your revelation. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may have a seat. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Paul. Worship band, could we give it up for them, guys? Well, what's up, everyone? How we doing tonight? Good? Yeah? Yay? Yeah? A little bit? Live? Awake? Man, well, I am Ryan. It's so good to be back here. Uh, I was missing last week, missing in action, but I'm back. Um, but so excited to see you. Thanks for coming out. Do you guys have a good spring break? I know that was, felt like so long ago, but I haven't seen you, right, Christy? So... You guys have a good spring break? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Do we need to like all do jumping jacks, push-ups? Maybe. Sure. Cool. Well, thanks for coming out. Uh, I am super excited for tonight. We're going to continue through our sermon series, the book of Mark. Raise your hand. Have you guys enjoyed this sermon series so far? Yeah? Cool. Thank you. You're either just saying that to make me feel good or you really liked it. But we are going through the book of Mark and we're looking at walking as Jesus walked and we're trying to pray that we implement the way he walks, the way he talks, and the way he lives. We are looking at, Mariah gave an awesome message last week. I, I wasn't here, but I heard it was amazing. She rolled with the punches through, uh, you know, the music, the power going out, but definitely check it out on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm excited to listen to it tomorrow when I'm driving to Michigan. So, but good job, Mariah. I heard it was awesome. Um, so we're going to continue through the, the gospel of Mark tonight, and we have a guest speaker tonight. DP is in the house. No, not DP Doe, but Dan Putman. Man, how much do you get that? Dan, come on up. It's actually the first time anyone yeah. has ever done that to me, but I but, do love DP Doe. How can you not? Man, if you guys don't know Dan, he... I don't even know how to describe what he does at the church because he does so much. He's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what is your official title? It's, it is healing pastor. Healing pastor. Yeah. And you're just like a ninja in actual life. He's a black belt in Kung Fu, right? So don't mess that with him. True. Um, but I'm he's not. also a black belt in the, in the spirit world. You are a black belt in Kung Fu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he knows his stuff because at one time he showed me, he showed me something and I couldn't do anything. So he could have taken me down. But man, he's such a great friend. I, what I love most about this guy is he truly, truly, truly loves Jesus. And, you know, you might be like, well, duh, he's a pastor. I would hope he does. But this guy, like, he's so faithful. If you know him, he's so faithful to his awesome wife, Alyssa. And, and to me, he's helping me train for this half marathon. And he's just a guy that, like, no matter what time it is, you have a flat tire, he's going to be there to help you. 
And and I truly do believe he d- lives that I, out. I because, like go to bed at nine thirty though. Yeah. So anytime. But after that, after that you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but man, he he loves God. And one I think one of the verses he's going to talk about when Jesus says the most important thing we can do is love God with all of our heart, strength, soul, and mind. And I felt like he was supposed to speak this chapter because this guy does that and lives it out. So give a round of a, a round of applause for Dan. A round of high fives. <laughs> no. Well, hello, everyone. It is awesome to be joining the Alive family tonight. Um, it's an honor to be with you all. Actually, guys, last time I was here was like, what, four years ago, was it? It was four years ago. You guys were in the Y, if you any of you remember that. It, and I do want to say just, just a big thing. So, like, I, I, I work at the church, you know, kind of a thing, and I get the honor of joining you here and there. But, like, I just want to say thank you, guys. Um, I watch you guys from the church side. I don't really come to a live that often, but I watch you guys from the church side. And, like, you know, after each service, I'm in the huddle with everyone who talks about, well, how did it go? And, like, we all know at 11 o'clock, it's going to be rowdy. Like, worship is going to be hot. There's going to be people jumping around. Like, if you're a speaker, like, you're going to be encouraged. So I just, I'm just saying thanks, guys. You have added, you just add a passion to the church and just uh, a joy in worship and stuff like that. And I just want to say, you guys are doing great. Last time I was here, like, it was Daniel and, like, paid staff leading worship. But now you guys do it. Because you're that good. You don't need them. And you guys just got back from, a, like, a missions trip that, like, you guys led. So I just want to say, you guys are you're great. You're doing great. So anyways, hats off to you guys. It's been an honor. It's an honor just to spend some time with you. It's also been cool. I've been catching up with the podcast with you all. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. It's been cool to see the kind of theme of faith kind of emerge as we work through art. Uh, Mark, not art, just Mark. I don't know where that came from. Art's one of those gospels that got kicked out, if you were wondering. I, no. Um, anyway, so I know a lot of you probably know a little bit about me, but I, I just want to share a little bit about, like, who I am, um, just so you guys know. I'm also going to set a timer so I actually stay somewhere in bounds with time but because um, I can ramble. But I actually, I work at the church. I've been working at the church for about six years. Um, I oversee the healing ministry, which I know probably a lot of you guys have no idea what that means. But more or less what I do is I train people how to pray and minister with the Holy Holy Spirit to see, like, healing happen with people. So I believe that we have a God that, like, heals. Like, it's it's not just an idea. You know, I, I could tell you testimony of testimony of things miraculously that I've seen, like, you know, x-rays where, like, a bone's missing in the foot, and then we pray, and then the bone appears in the foot, and this person that couldn't, like, run can now run, stuff like that, cancer falling out. I'm not saying it happened in, like, every day, but I've seen an incredible amount of stuff, like, break through. So my job is not that I'm the best at that um, by any means, but I just kind of train and organize people like that. And I have a huge passion about it because, like, In me and my own journey, like, my healing may not have been as physical. It was a lot more about the inside, um, and it was a lot more about getting set free from stuff. Um, And I just believe God can add something that no other thing can add. Like, you know, I've... I talk to counselors, I know counselors. I minister to people who's been in counseling. I have no problem with counseling. I've been to counseling. Go to counseling. It'll be good for you. (laughs) Um, You know, sort of a thing. But, like, there's just moments and times where, you know, I've had somebody who's been in counseling for 10 years and two or three sessions with the Holy Spirit just praying and through the power of Jesus, they're set free from just that. You know, God's got something, and 
that he's given all of us in the church that nothing else in the world has. So I think I have the best job because I think I get to see the coolest stuff. I've seen tons of miracles and stuff like that break through, but um, that's kind of me. I also kind of lead the site of the School Kingdom Ministry, which I know a handful of you guys have been at. Um, Thanks for that. Um, What that is, is it's like a school that meets once a week on Sundays. We kind of follow the same school year um, as, as kind of a U of I does. And um, what we do is we really teach and train people how to partner with the Holy Spirit to bring like healing, um, setting people free, hearing God. And we do that by really teaching people their identities and giving them like opportunities to learn it. You know, you got to just kind of practice it. It's weird, but you do. You learn how to hear God by learning to hear God and then talking to other people about it. But anyways, that's what I do, um, and it's awesome to be here. Um, a couple of things just about me personally, so you can know a little bit more about Danny P, um, is this. I grew up in the Chicago, well, no, wait, here we go. I'm married to the most beautiful woman. Yeah, you saw, I almost missed it. Um, I was like, I can't miss, I can't skip this part in my notes. Um, at least to me in the world. This is my wife, Alyssa. She's actually with me right there. There's a picture. I'm just going to say this. Get married. If you can find the right person, get married. I'm not, it's, you know, outside of saying yes to Jesus, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Um, I'll see you after this. (laughs) You know it. Um, I'm not going to say it it hasn't come without challenges, but it's definitely been like the best thing I've you know, I've had. It's been a blessing. Two years, they've been amazing. I live here in town for like nine years. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. Um, and, uh, you know, outside of my life, uh, I know, dudes, I'm the chubby one. The 80s guys, you, you really missed out not seeing the 80s, let me tell you. Um, they were something. Uh, yeah. So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs outside of like one year stint. This is probably about yeah, this is obviously before we went. Um, my dad, the guy with the beard, where you can see I got it from, um, packed up, you know, mom and then me and Putty over there. And we actually lived in China for a year as a missionary, which is crazy because my dad did that, like, at my age now. That's, like, hashtag faith to the max. I could not, I mean, I, I could have got called it to me, but it's amazing just to kind of see that. But all in all, dudes, I'll just admit, I am like a church kid through and through. Like, I was born on a Saturday, like, night at 2.05 a.m. I'm pretty sure my mom had me in church that Sunday morning. Like, I was just involved in church, you know. Um, my dad was an elder. I was there a lot. Um, and, yeah, I went to college at a small, like, Christian school. It's called Bethel University. It's the size of most, oh, maybe somebody knows it. Um, it's, it's like the size of, it's like 2,000 people. It's tiny compared to this. Um, and I was up there in Minnesota, um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and because the career path of becoming a ninja was really unclear to me, I just kind of got a degree in philosophy because I don't know what I was doing, um, which let me tell you, the ton of career opportunities that that brought me being a barista at Starbucks. It was phenomenal to work with all the other high schools, with high schoolers with a college degree. Learned a lot about soy lattes and what temperature to steam them to and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of me. And then uh, through a lot of things, I wound up being a pastor. A couple things about me, I'm a geek. 
you ask my wife, man. You, you guys have no idea. Um, I love it. I love old school video games. Um, I like reading a lot. I'm, I kind of just love to learn. Anyways, enough about me. Let's talk about Jesus. So it's been awesome just tracking with you guys. Um, you guys have been working your way through Mark. And uh, I, I kind of had Mark 12. Um, so the question that I want to ask you guys is this. Like, what's the most important part of all of this? Like, you guys are here at Alive. I'm guessing you're here because you're at least somewhat interested in God um, in, in, in living kind of a godly life. Like, what is the most important part of all of it, right? Like, what if you narrow it down to, like, one thing, what would it be? Sun, Sunday school answer would be, like, what? Jesus, I mean, love, right? That's, that's, like, the most important part of it. We're here to, like, love God, and we're here to love other people. So that's when it really boils down to. Um, that's what it's about. Um, but there was like a place in the time when that was not that clear. Um, I know we sit on like a lot of Bible and a lot of knowledge and stuff like that, but there was a time where that actually, a lot of people didn't know that. And so we're going to jump into that right now. We're going to jump into Mark 12, 28 through 34. You can go there on your phone or your tablet. And I actually heard they just started printing the Bible. So I heard you can buy a copy of them on Amazon. And if you have one of those, no, I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, get there with Mark if you don't have it with me. If you don't have it, uh, it'll be up on the screen. Um, or maybe it won't. Maybe it will. Um, I read from the Passion. Um, feel free to read through. So setting up the scene. People like Jesus is debating with Pharisees and religious scholars right now. A lot of people, when Jesus came in onto the scene, they found Jesus quite threatening. And it wasn't because Jesus had a bunch of military power. Um, it was because Jesus was really kind of winning the crowd. Um, the Pharisees and the religious scholars really kind of had a lot of power um, in the moment. And Jesus kind of came in and he said some things that really kind of upset them, and the crowd really started to follow him more. So what they would do is try to trap up Jesus. They'd try to, like, get him and be like, oh, look, you're wrong. You're not really from God, and people should follow us instead of you. So this is one of those moments. It happens a million times. But uh, so this is what's going on in this, carry, in this current moment. Um, now, a certain religious scholar overheard them debating and then he heard how beautifully Jesus answered their question. So someone likes Jesus. Um, a lot of people don't, but some of them, some of the religious scholars did. And he posed a question of his own. And he asked him, Jesus, which commandment is the greatest of all? Or teacher, which commandment is the greatest of all? If he's saying teacher, it means he obviously respects him. And uh, Jesus answered him, the most important commandment is this. The Lord Yahweh, our God, is one. And you are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the supreme commandment. And the second is this. You must love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. You, you will never find a greater commandment than these. Now, to us, maybe that doesn't sound so profound. But, like, this is why, to them, this was an amazing answer. Okay? The Jewish people, you got to understand, like, you grew up, if you were a Jew, being God's people. And you knew from the beginning that, like, everybody else was different than you. You were ruled by God. That's what made you different than any other nation. And so the idea of being occupied by, like, another country, which they were, the Romans, 
would like really mess up like your identity about who you are. You would think that something went really, really wrong if some other country is ruling you right now because you're God's people. You know, so these people are legitimately going through like an identity crisis in this moment. And what these people really believed is this. Look, if we live our life right, God's going to bless us. But if we live our life wrong and we're stuck in sin, something's going to happen. And what's going to happen is other nations are going to come in and rule us until we get our heart right. And then God's going to deliver us. And then, and then like, we'll be right, you know? So at the current moment, they're thinking, we've done something really wrong and we've really messed up. And then the Romans ruling over us is a sign of that. And so what happened is the Pharisees knew that and they actually wanted a lot of power. Um, the Pharisees weren't actually like the priestly class. They were kind of people that grew up on their own in, in like the, the, the political climate in that day. They were just, they weren't like the priestly system that God showed up. They saw a power vacuum and they jumped into it. And what they did is they created a ton of laws that God actually didn't even make. You see, back then they were so concerned about living right that they added on a, tunch of a bunch of laws even behind that so you wouldn't even get close to doing anything wrong. So like a big thing back then to them was like, you don't work on the Sabbath. And the heart behind not working for the Sabbath is that you'd spend time with God and you spend time with your family because that's a good thing for you to do. But they saw that as like work is evil. So let's see, how can we make it even more than that? You can't work on the Sabbath. You can't run on the Sabbath. You can't leave your house on the Sabbath. You have to cook all your food the day before on the Sabbath. You can't tear paper on the Sabbath. You can't receive money on the Sabbath. Um, if your goat is lost on the Sabbath, you can't go find it. You just have to trust. Like, that's what they did. They made laws on top of laws. You know, there's something like 600 laws in the Levitical system. It's really built off the Ten Commandments, but God explained 600 more laws to give them. By the time of Jesus, there was... 300,000 to 500,000 laws that these poor people had to live by. They made a righteousness built on man, not by God. That's why Jesus is always coming down on these guys. These guys invented almost a new religion. So everybody is sweating it to the nines about living everything right. Everyone's a ball of nerves trying to live right because if they live right, that means God's going to deliver them because being ruled by the Romans sucked. I mean, they were just abused all the time. And Jesus' answer is so profound because he's like, guys, at the end of the day, it's not about crossing every T and dotting every I. If you just love God with everything, all of that stuff is going to get filled up. And it's kind of a key to us. Um, I'm going to talk about the new covenant and the old covenant and stuff like that. But there's a key for us in, you know, you can focus on trying to live sinless and, and you can it's not, it's noble, it's a good thing to do, but really, if you focus on loving God and loving other people, you're not going to fall into traps. It's more about focusing on love than it is about being right. If you focus on love, you will be right. You'll just, it'll kind of just be a byproduct. You guys tracking with me? You getting it? Okay. Now I'm going to do something, and it's going to feel like I'm splitting hairs. Let's see how I'm doing on time. Okay, I'm going a little slower. i got to speed it up, but um, it's going to feel like I'm splitting a hair. But it's really important because this is my story, okay? 
I'm going to put a slide up there of the old commandment, or actually, no, let me, let me check this out. So Jesus summarizes something, right? Somebody says, what's the greatest commandment, okay? And so what that person is saying is, back the laws that Moses gave us, what's the most important thing of that? I will say this, we are new covenant believers. We're not old covenant believers. So some of us kind of in our mind know that Moses and all that has its place, but that's not exactly what we're trying to do. How many of you guys, when you sinned, you were thinking about, I need a pair of turtle doves to bring to the altar, right? We're not, think, we're not thinking that, you know, kind of a thing. Dude, you're not wearing head coverings right now. You know, I'm not wearing an ephod, you know, right now. There, we, we've kind of left kind of some of the biblical system. And Jesus has actually given us a new commandment. Um, and, and it's actually this. It will sound really similar, but check this out. This is in John 13, 34 through 35. So I give you a new commandment. He's talking to all the apostles right before he goes up on the cross. I want you to love each other as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate that same love that I have for you, uh, wait, I got ahead of myself. In order. For when you demonstrate the same love um, I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my followers. All right? So Jesus says, hey, there's a new, everyone in the church all of my disciples, listen up. You've been living under the Ten Commandments. I'm giving you something new. And the new standard is I want you to love people as I loved. And just in case if you were snoozing, two chapters later, Jesus says the exact same thing. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Great love knows no one more than this, that they lay down their lives for my friends. All right, so let's bring up, could I have the slide of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? So this feels like I'm splitting hairs. I promise you, this will make sense. We've got what we were called for on the old covenant, on the other side. Love God with all your passion, your strength, your being. Love your neighbor as yourself. On the new covenant, what we're under, it says, love each other the way I or Jesus has loved. As we break this down, we start to see the problems of this, right? Okay, what defines love in the old, company, in the old covenant? What you think love is right? In the new covenant, what is it? It's how Jesus loves. You know, guys, I've kind of gone through my own journey of personal healing. It did involve a lot of counseling and stuff like that. Trust me, I needed it. I was a wreck. Um, sorry, that's not to embarrass anyone, um, but I was a mess. And trust me, dudes, there were moments when I realized what love was and what love wasn't. I, I was so hungry and so needing other people's approval that I would draw no boundaries. I was just a mess of nerves. I was trying to get, you know, attention and affection from everyone because I didn't have it on the inside. And I thought that's what love was. But it wasn't. That's not how Jesus loves. Jesus gives us a new standard of what love is. And then what empowers us to love in the old system? I don't know, trying hard? You guys try to love? <laughs> I'm not that great at it. I'm really not. Like, I can be loving, and there are certain times I will do motions that, you know, and actions that seem good. But we all know, like, love is, should at least have some part of, like, heart in it. And that's the part that I just can't, like, conjure up on my own, right? To be real, it's hard to love sometimes, you know? And back in the old system, you were on your own. You had to, like, summon it up on your own. But in the new system, 
We get love from being connected to Jesus. Because right after this, he says, this is my commandment. The next verse, he starts talking about, look, guys, if you abide in me, if you stay in the vine, like, your love will grow. But if you stay away from the vine, you're you're just not going to see much fruit. The new system we have is about us being in connection with Jesus. The old system is about us trying hard. And something that the old system shows us is that it didn't really work, right? You guys following? The reason why I tell you this is all this. I was a Christian of the old system, okay? I grew up churched. I knew all the right stuff, okay? I was the kid that went on every missions trip. I was the kid that didn't touch drugs. I was the kid that didn't do anything promiscuous. I was the good kid or something like that. But at the end of the day, I knew, I'm probably like right in the middle of the projector, so all you see is a shadow up there. Um, At the end of the day, like, I couldn't get past me. I was stuck with me. I I couldn't love enough. I, I still had my own insecurities. I was trying to do it out of myself. And you know what? I watched other people fall into the same trap. You know, guys, I I feel like there's like one way to do Christianity right, and there's a lot of ways to do it wrong. And I was like the way that was doing it wrong, where I was given 100%, but it was all out of me. It was all just myself trying to do it right, trying to love everyone, trying to walk through the right actions. Because there was no partnership with God, I just kind of learned like, I really can't get past me. I'm just not that great at loving, you know? I'm trying so hard, but I don't see a lot of God's presence. I don't see a lot of fruit. And slowly, I just became more and more disillusioned to the point where I just stopped caring. I did. I knew God was real, but I had no interest in following God because I tried following God with 100% with what I did, but I couldn't get past me. I couldn't love well enough, and it it felt like God's presence was always so far away. There was no partnership, and I feel like a lot of times what can happen is if you do it out of you for so long, you kind of just get real with yourself, and it's just like, this isn't that good. It's not creating that much fruit in my life. Like, I'm not that happy with this. You know, I used to always think about like, okay, like, I've read some history. People have literally died for this thing. I don't feel like it's worth that good. Like, how do people, like, get crucified for this? All I'm doing is trying hard, and I'm not seeing a lot of fruit. Am I right? Just getting a little real with you guys. I was doing it wrong. Um, I don't think I knew I was doing it wrong, but I was doing it wrong. And really, I mean, the only thing that got me out of that was really just God. Um, There was no minister that kind of came my way. There was no, like, you know, like, there was no moment other than I just found myself in a super, super dark hole. And like the Holy Spirit came with his presence and love and just totally overwhelmed me. I didn't even know it was God for a while. I was like, what is happening to me? But I just felt like this presence and this love of God just hit me. And I, you know, I've had some pretty cool encounters with God, but nothing has felt like that moment then of just the love in God. And, and once I learned that's what God was, that there was a real tangible presence of love that I could connect with, I was hooked. See, the problem was I wasn't doing relationship with God. I was trying to love without God. So I want to kind of show it out like this. Ryan, if you want to get up here, I want to use a, a great image with you guys. Let's see how I'm doing on time. Okay. All right. I got, I'm doing okay. All right. Ryan's the Holy Spirit because he's like that. I'm just me. Okay. All right. Amen, 
Yeah, and so like the reason why I was why I failed is because I was just walking off on my own, and I thought God was out there. And occasionally I have brief moments of kind of getting close, but I didn't know how to stay with Him. So it'd be like I kind of get close, and then I'd be going off and doing and doing and doing and doing and struggling. And eventually I kind of. Okay, like I got to church again. Okay, here I am. I get loved a little bit. And then afterwards, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing. And eventually, like I got so far enough out, I was just like, I'm so sick of the cycle. I'm just kind of done. You know what I'm saying? But what I needed to learn to do is just, just grab hands and just walk together. We were just walking and doing stuff together. Just why? Hey, Ryan, let's let's add a skip. Let's add a skip. But I did all of this so you would see him skip with me. Honestly, the entire illustration was for that moment. Um, no, we, we didn't plan this thing. No, no, I did not plan. I just wanted to embarrass him a little bit. Um, no, but ideally, the goal. Yeah, you're totally good. Thank you for that. Um, ideally, we stay in fellowship. Ideally, like we stay connected with him. Because one of the things that's important is even though it's a little nuanced detail that Dan brought up about, well, we're supposed to love how Jesus loved instead of what we think love is, how you get there is actually by loving God. Okay? Check this out. This is John 14, 21 through 22. This is a great verse. Think about this verse. Really grab onto this verse. This verse will change your life. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. What's that command? It's loving like Jesus loved. That's the command. Um, Whoever passionately loves me will passionately be loved by my Father. And check this out. Please pay attention for this. Keep at least one eye open for this one. And I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. You want to get free from sin? It's not by trying harder. It's by loving God better. The promise is, as we love him, his life manifests in us. It's not by you trying. I tried, guys. I, I, and I was set up to be a good trier. I knew all the truth. You know, my parents were elders. I was a missionary kid. Like, I, I got it all, you know, I, not, not as a boast. I was just born in the family where I learned all the things. You know, my, my parents had struggles and stuff like that, but I grew up in a place where I, I knew God and stuff like that. It, you'll never have enough in you to stay on it. You just won't. Don't try to do it that way. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get tired. Right now, currently, if you feel kind of burnt out with your relationship with God, it's because you're probably doing it way more out of you than you are doing it in unity with him. I'm just going to say it. And, uh, and I don't mean to call it out. Guys, I did that. I, I made that mistake. I'm trying to tell you it from a perspective of please don't go the way that I did, um, you know, sort of a thing. Um, so uh, I want to talk about with the remainder of time that I have about how do you really love God well? You know, and I want to say you guys in Alive, you do an amazing job of loving God. Like, I see your guys' worship. I see your guys' heart and stuff like that. You guys do a great job of also loving each other, and you can't really separate loving God and loving each other. But what I really want to focus on is, like, Alive is one night a week, maybe church is Sunday morning, you have a whole other rest of your life that you're living. And I really hope that you can live in unity with God 
in that moment. It's, it's like, it's a blessing to love God with other people. It creates a momentum where it's easy, you know? Like, let's read, it's just easier to love God when you're with other people that are loving God. And it also brings people into that freedom. I love watching people worship, you know, and you got the dude like this, and you got the dude like this next to them, you know, just in it. And slowly this turns into like, first they're, they just kind of scowl at them, and then they're like, well, all right, I won't be as mad. And then I guess I can put my hand in there, and then, all right, all right, I can do this, I guess. You know, sway a little. I don't want anyone to see, so I'll do one first, you know. And then slowly, you know, and then there's this. And then, you know, full abandon, you're at touchdown phase right here. Um, you know, if you really got it, you run up to the front. No. Um, but I love, there's something about, like, corporate that releases. You create a culture, it creates a momentum that brings other people into love. That's great. And I love that you guys have stewarded it. But there's something that you steward with God on your own that all of this can't give you. Um, and it's a blessing. I'm saying, you know, you never, you don't have to trade. You can have both, homies, um, you know, sort of thing. But I'm, I'm going to say, like, there's something in your relationship with God that, that he has for you that I don't think any ministry can give you. It's, it's just between you and God. Um, you know, I, I just want to say, when I got, like, resaved, I, I, or rededicated, like, I, I knew, and this, this actually, I think this was probably just God set me up. I knew that I knew a lot about God and I knew what God wanted, but I had zero relationship with him. You know, I could, I could memorize my wife's driver's license. I could memorize her social security card. I haven't. Um, I could get a birth certificate. I could creep her on Facebook all day long. And I'd know tons of things about her life. But would I really know her? No. It's easy to fall into that trap of God. You know what I'm saying? So when I got rededicated, I actually put all my eggs into just getting to know God relationally. Um, and it led me to this point. Actually, ministry was his idea. I just wanted to stay home, read the Bible, have a good time. Um, but he actually kind of led me into this place. Um, and I just want to say this. Like, God is like substance, guys. I can't say it any other way. Are you afraid and you want courage? It's in Jesus. Jesus is the most courageous person I, I know. Are you like frustrated with people and you need patience? It's in Jesus. Jesus is the most patient person I've ever met. Do you want to love people better? It's in Jesus. Jesus is the most loving person I know. And he lives inside of you. And the thing that I think is so important is this. As you craft your relationship with God, you get like access to that resource. Guys, all the patience is already in you. All the love is already in you. All the courage is already in you. All the focus, the dedication, the faithfulness, the ability to, I don't know, get wherever you want in God, it's already hanging out in here. It's your relationship with Jesus personally that gets you to access it. People say I'm a really positive person. I don't think I am, probably because I hear the thoughts, you know, they see the actions, I hear the thoughts, you know what I'm saying? But I know a lot of that is just my relationship with God has brought me to that place. I used to be crazy negative, you know? But the more you hang out with a person, the more you start to be like them. And that's just kind of how it is with Jesus. So anyways, I love my relationship with God. It's probably the most powerful thing I have in my life. It is true. I get up at 5 a.m. to spend time with Jesus. I will say I was not always that way, and I also go to bed at like 9.30. So it's not that impressive, guys. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
But it is. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite things that I do. When I go on vacation, I still have quiet times because I don't want a vacation from God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love that quiet time with God. And I know, like, please, but please hear this. It was not always this way. I've grown this over years with time. I actually enjoy fasting. It didn't start that way for me. It, it took time to, like, for me to grow and develop that sort of thing. You know, when I got started with like growing my relationship with God, I did all the things I felt like I should do. So I cracked open the Bible and started reading. Genealogies, let's keep going. Leviticus, nothing's good in there. Deuteronomy, Kings. Who are these people? How do I keep them? You have that experience? You know what that's like? I know what that's like. You ever try to pray? You ever try prayer? You set a timer. All right, five minutes with God. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus, help. No, you know, like, <laughs> that's what I love. Um, yeah, three minutes in, thinking, already scrolling on my phone. You know, it's, it's, that's what it was like, guys. You know what I mean? You want to get into worship? I'm going to play some worship. Mm, I'm really not feeling that song. Not feeling that song. I like this song. It's a secular song, but I'll just play it because I like it. Before you know it, I'm listening to classic rock. Coldplay's almost worship, right? Um, it didn't start that way, homies. Um, and really, my breakthrough came with this. If you want like a good relationship with God, you have to be deadly honest with God about who you are. So this is one of the most insightful things I think I've ever heard. It's like, you know, God can't pour into a lie. He just can't touch lies. So if you're bringing a fake, a fake you to God, you can't touch it. If you're mad, be mad with God. If you want to complain, complain to God. It's okay, but just start where you really, really are. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us, were trying to be someone else in our quiet time before God. Like, do you not think God just sees past all of that? <laughs> you know, if you're summoning someone else before you go to God, like, it, 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 you can't do that. And another thing that's really important is this. Like, you can't have God without God. Like, I was trying to get to God by being right. You got to start by inviting God. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, here's a couple of things that I learned about really loving God well, especially in your quiet time. I hope that, how am I doing on time? Oh, I know, I'm going late. Just have fun. Do I have permission to have fun? All right, because we're ending at 11. Let's go. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll hit a few of them real quick. I won't go through all of them. Okay. One is you do have to commit to doing it. Um, and this is probably, let's be real, the hardest part, right? Nobody likes waking up earlier. And you don't have to wake up earlier. Um, but it is something that you generally have to be intentional about. The fun thing that's like once you get like married is you have endless preaching like, you know, like <laughs> metaphors that I could use. Like, you know, if I never was intentional with setting time with my wife, like it probably wouldn't happen. Like I go on date nights with my wife. But if I like just stopped spending time with my wife intentionally and just kind of coasted on like, yeah, she knows I love her. We kind of cross paths in the morning. You know, how great would my relationship be? Wouldn't be great. No one, no one would want to be, ladies, no, no woman would want to be in a relationship with a dude like that. Dudes, you would, yeah. I don't want to say guys are like that or not like that. I'm digging myself in a hole. I'm just going to keep moving. Um, 
Yeah, so you got to be intentional, right? Um, <laughs> you know, one thing God challenged me with, this is this was dynamite. God's so cool. Um, he's like, Dan, what do you think, like, my favorite time with you is? And I was like, you know, I was still kind of religious back then. So I was like, surely, you know, and I said it like that. Surely it's when I'm praying for people. And I was like, I just kind of knew the answer was no. And then I got a little smarter. And I was like, probably when I'm worshiping, silence. And then he said, my favorite time with you is when I have just you. One of the things that really helped me with my quiet time with God is I'm taking God's favorite time with me away from him. Let me say it again. God's favorite thing to do with me is to spend time with me personally. Just me and him. We got a thing going on. It's cool. It's a little crazy. (laughs) But we got a relationship going on. If I'm not spending time with God that way, I'm not giving him that space. That's his favorite thing to do with me. And I'm not giving it to him. So I'm not trying to get to that from a place of doing the work. I just know that's God's favorite space to me, with me and stuff like that. Uh, let's go a couple other things. Let's see. Another thing that's really important about spending time with God is this. Please, please, please make it fun. You, you, people do things that are fun. Things that suck, you don't want to do. Let's just be real, okay? So like one of my favorite things, this is, you want to know how I train myself to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning? My wife is laughing because she knows what's coming. I got up. I made my coffee. Five minutes of video games. I just started playing video games because I love playing video games. And so if you reward yourself, you're going to do it. If it's hard, you probably won't hang on. Now, I mean, I play five minutes and then I spend time with God. But I actually still do that so I have something to look forward to. You know, like... I heard about some dude's quiet time where, like, he'd, like, sit in a quiet room and he'd read the Bible and then afterwards he'd pray the prayer that he prayed the same time, like, every day. That's, that's what he did. And he struggled to do it. Why wouldn't you, dude? I think even God is bored of that quiet time. You know what I mean? Like, have fun. If you like walks, go on walks. If you like to dance, dance. Guys, my quiet time every day is almost different. I don't always read the Bible. I often do. I don't always worship. I often do. I don't always pray a certain way, but I often do. You got to make it in a way that fits you. God made you guys uniquely. Your relationship with God will not look like my relationship with God. You will discover it over time with him. But no one can be your picture of how it will look. And you got to just kind of allow yourself to build that time with him. Um, Yeah, uh, one last thing. I'll just say this. Don't fake anything. Just be real with him. God wants to meet you, and he wants to pour into your heart. I always found that I was about 50% honest with God. I kind of pray about the things I cared about, but not the things I really cared about because they were a little more selfish. God, this person frustrates me so much. But I don't want to talk to you about it because I know you don't want to talk about it. God, help me love them, you know, blah, you know, sort of thing. In reality, I'm mad at this person, God. I really am. I just need to own that in front of you. I'm kind of mad. Could you help me with this, you know? You know, the people that start prayer time, and this is good. I'm not saying this is bad. God, I pray for world peace. Yeah, we all want world peace, but what is going on in your life today, right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying, if you really care about world peace, pray about that thing. Just don't fake it. 
Anyways, okay, I got to keep moving. Um, so, so I want to, uh, the thing about loving God is you will love other people because you are loving God. And, and that is like, I think that's just like a natural byproduct. We don't set out to love people. We love God, and as we love God, we kind of love people. Yeah, there we go. There's a nice triangle that kind of shows it. As you move up towards God, you move closer to the horizontal of loving other people. The more you hang out with God, the more you start being like him. And loving other people is a natural byproduct. One last thing. I want to talk about one last part of Mark, or um, one last passage of Mark. And because you guys have always talked about faith each chapter, I'm tying it in for you guys because I can't leave the theme, right? So I will paraphrase this. I want to talk about the end of like Mark where it talks about the woman that gave the last coin, right? So the context of the story is, is Jesus is watching people drop the offering, you know, and there are these religious guys and they, you know, they come onto the scene and they're like, I am here. You know, and I'm going to walk, and I've got my dollar with, you know, my sack with the dollar sign on it. Here's my offering. I don't know what these sinners are giving, but this is me, you know. And then the entourage follows. I mean, literally, that's kind of what those guys were like back then. And then it talks about how, like, the little widow who has nothing is able to give her last pennies into the offering. And Jesus responds by saying, like, that woman's given way more than the Pharisees. Why? The point of this, of course, is that God, like, looks at the heart, right? He doesn't look at the actions and stuff like that. He looks at the heart. And one of the things that I think is just so important is this. Like, faith comes from your relationship with God. Like, it's actually spiritual fruit. Like, God is the initiator and perfecter of, of your faith. You know, he starts it and he perfects it in relationship with him. Like, God will call you to do amazing things. They, they are not probably possible. I would be upset if God called you to do something that you could think you could figure out in two weeks. That would, I would feel gypped by that calling. I don't know how you guys would. The point is that you are going to need him to do it. But you're going to be able to do it by staying in relationship with him. You know what I'm saying? This woman could give everything she had to Jesus. The Pharisee gave more money, but he was already loaded in dough. That's not a hard ask. The Pharisee could, the, the widow could do this. You know, I, I had a moment to kind of, and we all kind of do, I had a moment to kind of give my last two pennies. I, I was on a mission trip in China, and because I'm so smart, I lost my passport, my visa, my, my driver's license, my cash. Every piece of information that I had was gone because <laughs> I'm a genius, right? It was great. Um, and afterwards, being stranded in China with no identity, realizing that you are nobody in this country, you don't have rights, was interesting. It's a good lesson in identity and authority. Um, and so the setting was, we were, we were kind of bouncing church to church, right? Um, and I was at, we were in the third stop out of four, um, and I lost all my stuff, so I was sitting here, and my team actually had to move on to the next place. Um, and one of the things that was interesting is, so I'm staying in this church, and I'm actually staying with a church leader who spoke so-so English, um, and I'm kind of given the choice of, I can do the comfortable thing, which would be to keep moving on with my team, because even though I don't have any information, staying with my team, I'll probably be able to figure out how to leave China, you know, sort of thing. But I felt in my heart, what I should do is stay with, this leader who speaks so-so Chinese so I can preach on Sunday and lead like a prayer training to a church that no one has done this before. 
you know? And so I had this moment where I was given this, I can leave my team or I can go with my team in security, in security and, you know, people I know and people I'm comfortable with, with the promise of probably getting out of a country easier, or I can stay with this leader who speaks broken Chinese and figure out how to leave a country that I have no idea how I'm going to get out to. I have no documentation. I'm literally at the mercy of the system. You guys kind of understand the situation that I'm at? Stay stranded in China and preach at a church or go with your team, which is comfortable, and you might be able to leave, right? And I remember, like, asking God, what would you like me to do? And I, I just knew God kind of spoke to me. He's like, well, you could do the comfortable thing, but would you stay? Would you stay with these people? Would you, would you stay? This is where I want you to be. Would you be willing to stay, you know? There is no reason that just getting saved, I would have been able to say yes right then. Because that is what I did. And it was a nightmare leaving China. But obviously I did, because I'm here. Um, you know, it was through years of trust, years of being loved by God, that I knew no matter what, God would take care of me. No matter what, God would not call me to do anything that he would hang me out to dry to. And so I stayed. I stayed in China. I preached. It was awesome. A bunch of people got saved. It was like a hallelujah moment. And then I spent two weeks at the mercy of the Chinese government trying to get out of that country. It was a nightmare. If I knew what was coming, I might not have said yes to God. But I didn't, so I did. You know, sort of a thing. We are all, I'm just going to say this. Each one of you in your calling, you will have that moment with God. Probably most of us, multiple times, where God will ask you, Will you give it all? And it's your love and your relationship, what you've grown with God in those moments that give you the power, the freedom, and the faith to say yes to Jesus. Guys, I, I hope that this isn't condemning in any way. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You have a gold mine of relationship with God. God longs to love on you. And in a special way, you personally, God wants to meet you. And I want to encourage each one of you to love God and learn how to receive from him on your own because it makes all the difference in your life. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to the worship team. Uh, I really just kind of want, Ryan kind of put this on me, and I, and I really felt like just kind of a meditation verse. You know, I love, sorry, I'm going super long, but um, I love Doubting Thomas. I hate that he had that connotation because I know Doubting Thomas, like he went to India and then he got martyred for his faith. He went further than anyone geographically with the gospel in that moment. That's Thomas, right? But Thomas knew there's no way I can believe in Jesus again unless if I literally put my hands in his wounds. There's no way because I watched him die and that's what I need from God. You know, I need to be able to touch his wounds in order to believe in him again. And I really feel like God in this place is releasing that moment to you. You know, there's moments where you just get clarity of like, God, I really need this from you. And I feel like he's releasing it right now. Guys, I'm going to say this. The best part about God is God. I have seen miracles. There are people that, sorry, God gets me emotional. There's people I know that would be dead if God didn't heal them. I know these people. There are so many babies I've seen born because God healed infertility. There are people that I'm pretty sure they would have taken their own life because they were so mentally oppressed by what was going on to them that I've watched God set free. That stuff's amazing and I love it. But the best part about God is never what he does, it's who he is personally. Is that true for you? 
If it's not true for you, how can it be true for you? You know, for all you guys who are like, I believe in God, but God, I just don't think you're that good or you're not that meaningful to me. I feel like God wants to meet you in a really powerful way. So we'll worship, we'll do some ministry, but God bless you guys. Thanks for letting me go really long. Yeah, let's give it up for Dan. Yeah, there's uh, Dale and the band's going to lead this song, and it's, it's new for me. Um, it was sung, sang, sung spontaneously a couple weeks ago, but it's called Nothing Else. And I know we love to stand and sing and go after it, but I just feel like we've kind of felt like as we were praying, this was really supposed to be a song of reflection. Just really ask yourself, wherever you're at with God tonight, do you love him for him? And if you don't, in a weird way, I'm going to say that's okay. Just be honest and real with him and say, God, I want to love you for you. And if you don't want to love him for him, then pray, Lord, help me want to want to love you for you. Just be honest with him, guys. And let him meet you where you're at.
but feel people coming in just feeling cloudy, like their minds are cloudy. And I just feel like the Lord wants to bring clarity, and it's like that song we first sang. When he walks into the room, when you lock eyes with Jesus, when you lock eyes with heaven, everything changes. Nothing else matters in that space. So whatever that looks like for you in this moment, whatever you need to do to lock eyes with heaven, we just invite you to do that. us to be caught up in his presence. He's inviting us to be just sitting at his feet.
time. Um, you know, I kind of got this image. I know, you know, when we talk about like quiet time and loving God, I know the enemy loves to pounce on that with a ton of condemnation and you feel like, oh, I'm not doing what I should be doing and that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're feeling that, don't don't go that way. Like the enemy is always going to try to take a shot at you like that. But I do feel like there's some of us that just want to grow in this area. Um, you know, and it's not something, it's something that it's going to, it's going to be on you guys. I can, I can kind of, we minister and we can start, but it's really more about what you do outside of a life than what we minister in here. But if you just want to grow in your relationship with God individually like that, I just feel really led just to kind of pray a prayer over all of you guys right now. So if that's you, go ahead and stand up. Oh, wow. Cool. Let's go, guys. And I, and here's the deal. I had to learn how to make it my own. And it's, and I really feel like what God will do with this is this. He's going to start talking to you about how it's going to work with you and him. You know, I didn't do too great because I was trying to do what I thought you were supposed to do off of other people's model. You know, but you and God have a, have a thing, you know. You and God have a romance on your own. You have a relationship on your own. And I feel like God wants to show you guys, like, ideas of how that's going to work for you guys, what you're actually going to do. Not what Dan does. You don't have to wake up at 5, but what he wants you doing. So you guys just receive. Lord, I thank you, God, like, you love us even more than we could ever love you, God. And at the end of the day, though, like, we want to get close to you, God. You are longing just to pounce on our life with your love, Lord. And, God, we're just standing right now saying, Jesus, we want more of you. We really do, Lord. And we don't want to try to work your, our way up into heaven, God. We want to hold your hand and experience you the whole way. So in Jesus' name, I just release a new intimacy, a new passion, God, for you, Lord. Especially, I pray that for those of you guys that are helping out in ministry, man, it's hard. You get into ministering and it's like you lose your first love of God because it's all about the work you're doing and it stops being about him. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, would you just give us the grace to fall in love with you again, Lord? To see you for how amazing you are, Lord. God, I pray for a real just passion, just to long to know you, Lord to experience you more deeply, Lord. I pray for a grace in each person in the room to hear you more clearly, to experience your grace in a new depth, Lord. For those of us that, like, we don't even know it, but we're stuck in words, Lord. We're trying to make it on our own, Lord, and you're longing to do it in, in partnership with us, God. Lord, just show us. Right? Show us where we're stepping away from you, God, and you're wanting us really to do it with you, Lord. Yeah, God, I just pray you blow a fresh wind on us tonight, Father. Bryce, I just see him refreshing you right now, man. just feel like it's been a long and hard day for you, and I just, just bless you with his presence, his living presence that refreshes us and restores us. And just bless us with Zephaniah 317, where it says the Lord sings over us, he delights in us, and he quiets us with his love. And I thank you, Father, that your love is sweet. And I just saw a picture as praying for tonight of just a fire outside. And uh, I just feel like he's, he's inviting us to draw close to his fire tonight, that he can just warm us up and remind us that he loves us. So, Father, I just pray that we can sink deep into your love because we're experiencing your love right now in this moment.
that you're refreshing us and reminding us it's not meant to be hard work, but when you're in love, it's an adventure and it's fun. So fill us with your sweet love tonight, God. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to have leaders on the side of the room, guys. And I just encourage you with this next song or two, if you want some prayer, if you feel like God hasn't been a priority in your life, go to someone and let them pray for you. And let the Father remind you of how much he loves you tonight. One thing, too. Oh, one thing, too. As I, you know, I talked about in my story, like, loving God enables us to love others better. And, you know, to me, like, what I just had a ton of insecurities. And that's because I wasn't receiving from God, so I was trying to get it from other people. Um, and I feel like some of us know there's areas where we're trying to get something from others that we know should get from, we should be getting from God. And I feel like there's just a grace to just surrender that thing over to God and experience his love in that area, whether it be approval from others, like esteem, self-worth, whatever it is. For me, it was approval. You know, I just know that God wants to meet you guys in a powerful way in that. So get prayer for that if you want it. I feel like God wants to do that too.
I just love that story of the woman, the widow, that decided just to give up everything. Just decided that, Jesus, that you deserve everything that I am. That although it doesn't make sense, that the world will tell me that I'm crazy, I will put my trust in you. And I will stand firm on my rock. Because you are worthy. My song says you are worthy. My song says you will deserve my highest praise. And that although I don't see my breakthrough, my praise comes way before that. Praise don't come after the breakthrough. It comes before it, Father.
because of your love that when we're shaken, we're not shaken. If the world tries to shake us, things happen, and we can't control what happens to us, but we can't control how we respond to what happens. And Father, I thank you that your love protects us, your love shields us. The Lord's just been speaking to me a lot this week through Psalm 91. And I just encourage you to read Psalm 91 and to camp out in Psalm 91. And there's a verse that says, his arms surrounds us, his arms protects us, that we rest under the shadow of his arms. And God, I thank you, Father, that when the world and the enemy and life tries to shake us, you shake back because we are rooted by your love. That your love is a firm foundation and we are rooted in it and in you. So Papa, remind us that, remind us of that truth, God, and hold us tight when the world tries to shake us. Yeah, thank you that you surround us, God.
just thank you that we're so completely surrounded, God. We're so completely protected in your love, God. Because when we're filled with the fullness of your love, God, nothing else can matter. Nothing else can matter but you. And so I just bless every single person in this room tonight, God, as we go out. May we experience a deeper revelation of your love, God. It doesn't just end in this room. It just doesn't end tonight, God. Your love is never ending. It goes on and on and on. And there's always more that we can explore, God. There's always more to you. So I just pray for every single person in this room that what was deposited in them tonight will just continue to grow. That when they spend time with you, it wouldn't be boring. That when they spend time with you, it would be full. It would be full of life. It would be full of you, Jesus because that's who you are, you bring life, you bring it abundantly. So I just bless every single person in this room, God, I just bless what you did tonight. We just mark it, and we just say water it, Holy Spirit, even more. We bless your name in this place, we bless your name in this face, God. We love you and only love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. For more info, please follow us on social media at Alive Vineyard College or check out our website at thevineyardchurch.us slash alive.